I'm thrilled to have on the line with me my friend Jim Lewis. He's a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. And whenever we have something really tragic happen, uh, as a society, we clamor for about mental health. And so last month had Jim on to talk about this, or, or it was shortly after, I guess, the STEM school shootings. And this is an important conversation to have. Jim Lewis, welcome. Oh, good morning, Kim. It's really good to be with you. Great to be with you as well. And before we jump in, and I want to also say this at the end, I, uh, first of all, are you taking any new clients or are you full right now? No, I'm, I have room for a couple in the next two or three weeks. Okay. And yeah. so how can people uh, reach out to you? Uh, SCA's phone number is 303-730-1717, and I'm at voicemail 224. Okay, very good, because uh, you've been in this business for a long time, and, uh, uh, you know, if if any of you have someone that that is in need of some um, mental health counseling, uh, Jim Lewis is the person to talk to about that. So let's jump in here, Jim. After the STEM school shooting... You and I had a conversation, so very quickly, let's recap uh, the answers that you had for these first two questions. Uh, and, and when I asked you the question about what is mental health, and you said, you know what, nobody has ever asked me that. I was thinking, you know, we clamor for mental health, but we haven't even defined what it is. So what is mental health? Well, <clears throat> this is my way of outlining it. It's not exhaustive, but I think it's a pretty good representation. So uh, three qualities of mind, security, responsibility and flexibility and then I uh, broke those out into subsets so security involves attunement and that's the ability to know and be known to in order to in other words to be able to see what's inside another person and allow them to see what's inside of you and more and more research shows that that actually shapes the brain of a child so that ability is very important to anybody's mental health. Another part of security is empathy, to be able to sense what the other person is experiencing and care about it. And much of what's written about domestic violence as well as other kinds of uh, harmful crimes is an absence of the ability to do that, to look inside the other person and picture what they're experiencing. And then third is confidence, the ability to... Uh, reach out and affect the world around you because you know you have a secure base with somebody that knows you and cares. Responsibility is the ability to, is the awareness that you're accountable to somebody, you answer to somebody, not because they can force you to, but because you admire and honor them. And then the second part is honor itself. So we're driven by our own code of what is good, and we are more dedicated to that than pleasing ourselves. And then finally, purpose is a part of responsibility because there is a there is a big end to whatever we do. There is an ultimate goal versus just scrounging around trying to find some gratification wherever we can find it. Flexibility involves objectivity, the ability to see a thought as a thought and not necessarily assume it's true. The ability to see a feeling as a feeling as opposed to something that must be or must not be. There is the concept of acceptance. So some things we can't change and we don't writhe and cry and fight 
with what we can't change. We decide to live well with what we can't change. And, and finally, efficacy, the sense that we really can make a difference in our world and we don't have to do desperate things or we don't have to retreat in despair. Whatever situation we're in, we can choose to take helpful action in that situation. So that's my overview of mental health. Wow. Okay, that is really important. What is... Uh what can be done to build a foundation for good mental health? So last time we were talking about three areas, families, churches, and communities. And so <clears throat> families are, I think, the richest area where we can build all three of those qualities, security, responsibility, and flexibility. Uh, <clears throat> so it involves families taking time with each other, parents taking time to instill in their children a sense of honor and purpose rather than just controlling their behavior so they're not so annoying. So that's an example of what Christian, uh, what families can do, Christian or otherwise. Okay, what if, just a quick question. What if somebody doesn't have a good family life? Yeah, and so in that case, then you really need to find a community, and churches, I think, are the richest source of community I know. In fact, I tell clients who aren't even Christians or not religious in any sense, you cannot really find a better community than a church, because there's people there who purposely build their lives around caring for other people, so that's an option. If church isn't your thing, then there are other ways to find community, but community is absolutely essential. Okay. Okay, let's go ahead then into go, going into some of these other questions here. Um, you know what? I think, Dave, let's go, to, let's go to break early because this next question is a big one, and uh, let's, instead of getting into it and going to break, let's go to break first, and then we'll come back with Jim Lewis. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for our emails. And check out StanfordColorado.com as well. We are rolling out the uh, videos of the speakers at, at our Stanford Colorado rally. On the line with me is Jim Lewis. He is a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. That phone number is 303-730-1717. Again, 303-730-1717. And Jim's extension is 224. Again, uh, 224. Uh, Jim Lewis, uh, these are big questions that we are talking about here. Yep. And, and the next one that we have is, uh, you know, when something tragic happens, like the STEM school shooting, you hear this cry for mental health. You have politicians say, we're going to put more money towards mental health, mental health. However, if there's no foundation to build and support good mental health, I think we're just twisting in the wind. I, I think right. that there's been a, a movement to, to, you know, the question is, are you depressed? I mean, I think that we're asking our kids, are you depressed? I know that Many new, times new moms, uh, when they're going in for their postpartum checkups, they're, are you depressed? There seems to be this kind of support in a way for being depressed. What's your thoughts? <clears throat> so you're, you're saying we, there's a lot of talk about depression, but is it really there? Is it really real? Is that the question? Well, I, I, I actually think that there are, in, in mental health, that there are people that are, are, instead of helping people get out of depression... 
that they're maybe making people think that they're depressed that maybe aren't really depressed. Is that a possibility? Okay. okay. There's always that possibility of misdiagnosis. But I think the problem with that reasoning is has more problems than that because I work with a lot of depressed people, and they don't hurt other people because they're depressed. And I can't say exhaustively why does one depressed person hurt others whereas other depressed persons don't hurt others. But I'll tell you, a big part of it is the environment in which that depressed person has grown up, the environment in which they surround themselves. Because, again, a sense of purpose, a sense of honor, a sense of values will keep a depressed person from hurting someone else. And so it's... It doesn't really work to talk about we have to eliminate depression or we have to somehow treat depressed people in an environment where the left is teaching people that you have to fight to get what you deserve because you are entitled and in some way or another you are a victim and you must fight injustice. And so, or there's so much collective thinking that the individual gets lost. And you probably know this better than I do. Who was it that said when the government gets bigger, the person gets smaller? Uh, and, and so, yeah. yeah. So For sure it was, I think, Dennis Prager, but I, I'm sure it was somebody before that, too. So, Yeah, he's fond of saying that, and I love to hear him talk about that principle. But when somebody feels like they don't matter and nobody else matters either, then all... All it means when you're killing a bunch of people is I finally made a mark on this world. That's all there is to it. So that's more than depression. That's a depravity of soul. Okay. And when you're talking about, though, a depressed person, depending on you know how they surround themselves, I mean, there's many good families, quote-unquote good families, that that have children that they, they've struggled with. And, and so part of that, I think, ends up how... You know, kids can get into, quote-unquote, the wrong crowd, right? Yes, absolutely, yeah. And I sure wouldn't want to make it sound as if when a person does something violent that mom and dad are to blame for that. I would never suggest that. I'm, I'm thinking more on a, on a macro scale, that the very people that are screaming for mental health are creating an environment where people lose their values and even their own sense of having a soul. And so, therefore, that creates an environment where violence is much more thinkable. Okay, and and many times these people are also clamoring for tax dollars for quote unquote mental health, and yeah. um, and as we as I'm learning, there's there across the spectrum that I'm seeing, Jim, uh, we can take things that we think are important, good mental health, or um, you know, vaccinations for kids, or clean air, clean water. And what the radical left has then done is they've used these things that we think are good ideas to actually put through, you know, programs that that funds their agendas, uh, power, force. And that's where we have this real fight here in America about um, the narrative on on these different things. But let's stay here then on uh, on mental health. So what would you say is different in our culture now? I remember growing up in western Kansas and I had classmates that had guns, you know, in the rack of their, their the, the window of their pickup because they were going to go out and hunt after right. school. And nobody brought guns to school and shot their fellow students. What has changed? 
Yeah, I, I have been thinking about that for a couple of weeks now. One of the things I thought is that in some ways we've changed, but there are still a lot of those people like that. The the most dangerous thing they'd ever do with a gun is shoot a gopher, like my, my brother-in-law. He, he works on a ranch, and he shoots prairie dogs so because they dig holes and cows step at it and break their legs. Mm-hmm. There are still a lot of people like that, and we have to keep our minds on that. But at the same time, I think what has changed, uh, I hate to be too simplistic, but I think it's the influence of the left. It's the influence of secular humanistic thinking that's built around, I've got to get mine, I've got to right this wrong against me because I am a victim, and whatever I do to unvictimize myself is justified. I think that kind of nihilism is what has changed most. Okay. One other thing, and that is, what about the Ritalin and these other drugs that we are, uh, you know, they, what, started probably about 30 years ago or so regarding kids, you know, in class? What's your thoughts about that? Some kids really do need medical treatment for ADHD, but as in any other thing, our society gets hold of an explanation for things they don't like and they just run with it. So that notion of kids having ADHD can very well be abused, and it has been. The main thing I would say about that is if your child is acting in ways that are disturbing to you, find somebody who really knows kids and really understands diagnoses to talk to that kid. If you get somebody that says, yeah, I work with kids too, but they don't really know how to distinguish ADHD from a personality style or something else or or, or even just simply anxiety, you can very well give a kid the wrong kind of things. Okay, so... And not any... I'm sorry, Kim. I, I just wanted to touch on, I think, what you were thinking about, and that is schools really push this idea of medicating a young boy into being a little girl. That's that's truly disturbing. Well, and that that and to that point is little boys and little girls are different. And um sometimes recess is one of the things that can help little boys then sit through class. Right. And, and you, but there's been the assault on you can't play dodgeball. You can't uh you can't wrestle. You can't do the things that little boys like to do. And if they like to do that, then instead of letting them go out and, and run off some steam and recess, we've been sedating little boys. And I've been right. really, really concerned about that. Now, just uh, the question I wanted to ask is, do you work with children or do you have colleagues that work with children, again, over at Southwest Counseling Associates that parents could uh, could reach out to? I, I would say option B. I, I never really learned to work with kids. Uh, we have people at SCA that specialize that in that, and they're just brilliant. That's one of the things I'm most proud of about SCA is the expertise with kids. I tell my colleagues that work with kids, I'm just so dazzled with it, what you do. Okay, Let's so see, I'm talking to the kids in the hall, and it's just a beautiful thing to behold. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be getting out, running out of time again, so we're going to have yeah. to have you again next month. But that phone number for Jim is 303-730-1717. That's 303-730-1717, extension 224. And growing up, being a parent, being a child can be difficult. And so if you'd like some good mental health help, 
uh, call Jim over there and he can get you in touch with somebody that is really good in that. So here's, here's an idea too, Kim. Okay. If, if somebody calls SCA and instead of my, if you want someone to work with your child, call extension 220 at SCA. That's our intake coordinator. He knows who's available and who has what specialties. Okay, great. Okay. That's extension yeah. 220. Okay, very good. Yes. Um, I have these other questions. So, Jim, first of all, I've got to ask you back again. How about this last question for right now is, how does the Christian worldview empower good mental health among both our young men and young women? Oh, boy. I know. We only have there, two minutes, and, and we'll have a cliffhanger for your next next month. You know, let me tell you this. Uh Every single one of those categories that I use to describe mental health, the scriptures are full of how God meets those needs, God builds those qualities, and how Christian or Christian-influenced society builds those qualities. It's just rich. So the idea of security, Romans 8 is a passage that tells us that nothing can separate us from God's love, and in all things we are more than conquerors. Does that sound like security? Sounds like security. (laughs) How about responsibility? What would you say on that? Uh, Well, for starters, 2 Corinthians 5 tells us believers that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not to decide whether or not we'll be condemned, but to have our works weighed. Is this gold or was that wasted? And there's a promise of a blessing and reward and honor if we have acted in a responsible way with purpose. And so for us who believe in Christ, we look forward to presenting our whole lifetime of work and, and hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Jim Lewis, to that point, because we're out of time, but as I'm reflecting on um, the World War II veterans, all of our veterans, there is this, uh, this sense of um, security that uh, if they give their life up, that there is something bigger out there and this responsibility and this duty and this purpose. And uh, that is one of the reasons why I think that they've called the World War II generation the greatest generation. However, I actually think that we have greatness in each of our generations. So, Jim Lewis, thank you so much, and I'd love to get you scheduled for next month for another uh, talk about mental health. How's that sound? Oh, that would be just wonderful. 